Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Coming up on the 6, Kyrie Irving's coming back and why it's not too soon for the Cavs to pay homage. Plus, the latest on the King status for tomorrow. Can the Cubs come back from an 0-2 deficit after Joe Madden went to the wrong reliever? Like, we went to the wrong video. Uh, and look who's back in the national title hunt and the Heisman hunt. That'll be JT Barrett. We'll get our act together. Uh, but first, our 6 at 6, starting with whether the Packers need to alter their plan to replace number 12. Tom Brady sent Aaron Rodgers an email that spoke to football fans everywhere. Sucks for the sport that Rodgers broke his right collarbone Sunday and may be done for the season. No Beckham, no Watt, now no Rodgers. But the game survived Brady's loss in 08, so it will go on without Rodgers. The Packers season, however, is a different story. Then again, this is how underdog stories start. Mike McCarthy earlier this afternoon on Rodgers possibly being finished for 2017. I mean, the focus right now is, is for Aaron to have surgery. And, um, and, you know, from that, obviously, the There'll be more information. The, the, the key is to get Aaron healthy. So it's not to develop a timeline. That, 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 that's not the focus. I got three years invested in Brett Hundley. I have great confidence in Brett Hundley. I got two years invested in Joe Callahan. It's a quarterback room that, that has structure. Uh, that's not a really concern of mine. I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on in getting back to playing Green Bay Packer football because yesterday was not was not anything where we needed to be. You give Minnesota credit for winning the game, but that, that we're not going to play like that no more. Did you just listen to that question I just answered? Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Brett Hundley, 33 of his 44 career passes came Sunday against Minnesota. Back it up, Hundley, for the time being will be the recently promoted Joe Callahan, the aforementioned Joe Callahan. Packers fans know him from the last two preseasons. The former D3 QB out of Wesley College has never appeared in a regular season game. Ryan Clark is appearing with me now. So they're not calling Cap. They're not calling Tony Romo. You calling it a wrap. I watched you on live earlier. You said this season's over. That's a wrap for the Packers. Man, I don't know who put the positivity and optimism and Mike McCarthy's coffee this morning, and I understand this is the front he got to give to us. Man, that man is tripping. It's done. And he's saying that they didn't play Packer football mm -hmm. yesterday, and they're not going to look like that, and that wasn't what they're supposed to be. You know why they look like that, Mike? Because <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was wasn't out there. Off. Yeah, it was. But I want to see what the kid has. I would like to see what the kid has. All the, every time somebody's come out of nowhere, it's because people didn't expect him to do it, right? I get that he's not Aaron Rodgers. Nobody is, and he probably can't drop back to throw seventy-one percent of the time right. the way you do it, Rodgers. But in that division, where whatever's going to be left of Matthew Stafford by the mm -hmm. end of the season is all that's left of some <laughs> starting it ain't quarterbacks. Be much. Exactly. With a schedule, that, look, I hate to go to the schedule card, but the schedule isn't that intimidating. And you have a supporting cast. He's got good receivers. You got good running running backs. If the line can stay in one piece and the defense can stay healthy, they can play well around him. I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl, but they can still challenge for this division, right? Yeah, I get. Yeah, the same optimism is in my oh, cup too. Oh, you got yes, the optimism yes. coffee too. Listen, I understand. And they got a damn good head right. coach. And so now when we're talking, when we're talking about the Green Bay Packers, what are we always saying? Aaron Rodgers is making up for not having tackles that can block for 100%. him. Aaron Rodgers is making up for having wide receivers who can't get open. Oh my goodness, who is covering people in the secondary? So we've been negative about all these things 
on Green Bay Packers team, right? Right. They're negatives, but Aaron Rodgers makes it okay. Aaron Rodgers he makes them a makes Super them Bowl contender up here, right? Right. All I'm saying is, once upon a time there no, was nobody won't be down there though. No, I'm saying there's a middle ground. Oh, once upon a time there was some seventh round pick named Matt Castle. I ain't saying it's the same group of people around him. There's right. Some seventh round pick named Matt Castle in the pictures they, when 11 did, games with. But did they? I'm saying maybe can they be up in here? That's all I'm asking. Can but no, be but, up, but up in here doesn't count. Well, right? I mean, no, that's not the goal. Thing. Well, here's my thing, right? If your goal was up in here <laughs> when it started. You want to stay up in here. Up in here is a success. Anything below that, you fail. Sure. Right? So when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, yeah. even though he's only 1-1, competing to get to Absolutely. that spot is where you have and to be. doesn't that make those so postseason losses that much more painful, though, in terms of the big picture with Rodgers when you came so close right. and for whatever reason you lost, so think about you it, had though, it right? healthy, now you know. But don't. here's my thing, though. You're yeah. saying all these – you got the, the Mike McCarthy coffee and you said all these good things about the other people. When Aaron Rodgers doesn't win – when he didn't win against mm-hmm. Atlanta, did we walk in here last year and say it was Aaron Rodgers' fault? Never. No. We said the reason they ain't win was because of the rest of the people. But now you're saying they're going to win and Brett Hunt Going to win what? And Brett Hunt is going to win okay wait, 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 wait. because win of what? the other people. Going to win what? I this ground. Whatever's the, in this the, ground. The Super Bowl still, I'm simply saying So you're saying they can the beat Minnesota? Has. Maybe. They'd be a still quarterback by Case Keenum. Maybe. Who knows? They still got a home game in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, come on, man. All I know is they made this bid. Clearly, they're comfortable in it for a reason. I I have called Kaepernick. I'd have called Kaepernick a long time ago. It wouldn't have got to this point for it. Well, we all all know. The the biggest problem I had with Mike McCarthy's answer was not that he hadn't answered the question already. He was indignant about it. How indignant and mad he had to be. (laughs) Like, if they'd have been like, hey, and maybe I'm wrong. I just feel like they'd be like, hey, you know. Tony Romo's from around here. You're going to call him? Would he have been so mad? You ain't just hear me? I hear you. But see what? Because then all of a right sudden, now. the optimism coffee was, was now not optimism coffee no more. It was I'm mad and I ain't getting no lunch. And obviously, I like to eat a lot. And so I've been having to do all this work trying to get my quarterback room ready, which is already ready. And now I'm mad because you asked that question. Can I just but say, you're dead wrong. For a number of reasons, it's good to see you. It's always good to good see to you. Good to see too. Teddy Bridgewater, who is coming off the physically unable to perform list and will return to practice on Wednesday to move open to a three week window for the team to either then promote him to the active roster or place him on injured reserve. He dislocated his left knee in practice August 30th, 2016. Look, people, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Just him being on the active roster and maybe being the backup would be an amazing accomplishment. Now, for the second straight series, Aaron Judge and the Yankees return home down 2-0 looking for answers. He struck out 27 times in two games, hitting 159. So maybe Yankee Stadium will get this series turned around. We turn now to Buster, what it is right now only. Uh, so you got Aaron Judge with 19 strikeouts in his last 27 at-bats. As I mentioned, there's a team hitting 159. What's the Yankees' adjustment for tonight? Joe Girardi has not adjusted the lineup. Is it as simple as we're not going against Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander? So there's the major adjustment. What are they going to do to turn the series around? Yeah, Michael, he's getting that question a lot because of the struggles of Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez. Think about these numbers. In the Yankees' last five games, those two guys are 4 for 40 with 26 strikeouts. Now, uh, Aaron Judge is very much of a process-type hitter. He trusts what he does in his work, and he's not going to make a lot of adjustments necessarily from a bat to a bat from game to game. And I actually have spoken with scouts with other teams who are telling me they think Aaron Judge's at-bats have been really good against the Astros. They just feel like, as you mentioned, Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander will make a lot of hitters look bad. 
Gary Sanchez, a different story. What I'm hearing from evaluators is feel like Gary Sanchez right now, very anxious at the plate, but they're back in the number two spot and they're back in the number four spot. Okay, and you got Charlie Morton going for Houston and CC Sabathia, who is 9 0 with a 170 ERA this year following Yankees losses. So they've won his last six starts, looking to him to be a stopper. Uh, no stopping Jose Altuve. It's pretty, pretty much been him and Carlos Correa have been the Astros' offense through two games. The Yankees probably can't stand Jose Altuve, but I understand that uh, he's not, the, the, a couple of his teammates are not his biggest fans either. Yeah, the last two days have been around the Astros. I've had three different Astro players say, man, I hate Jose Altuve. <laughs> and the reason why is he's like the A-plus student who complains when he gets a 98, when he doesn't get the extra credit points. A.J. Hintz, their manager, was telling a story about how Jose will have an 0-4 day and he'll be anxious going the next game. Man, A.J., I need another hit. I need a hit. And A.J. looked at him and said, that's how I spent my whole career. Altuve was complaining about his batting average at home being lower than it is on the road. <laughs> and given his splits, George Springer looked at him and said, you understand you're hitting 320 at home. But even Jose Altuve can't complain about how he's doing in this postseason, 13 for 23. Well, he's a group project guy that does it all by himself, and he's carried the Astros, him and Carlos Correa, to a 2-0 lead behind that great start picking so far. Buster, we appreciate the great insight as always. So, this transaction, not a whole lot of people saw coming when the Spurs were shopping Aldridge this summer. LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs have reached agreement on a contract extension. So, he's under contract through this year, opts in for next year, and it's tacked on a two-year, $50 million extension. So, the total beyond this year is three years and $73 million, according to our own Adrian Wojnarowski. As for the Cavaliers, Ty Lue said today that he really doesn't know whether LeBron will be able to play in tomorrow's season over. Sprained his left ankle September 27th in practice and apparently aggravated it last Tuesday against Chicago. You know, I never hide stuff from you guys. I really don't know. I mean, just depending on how he feels you know, after today, but um, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, he's going to go. Trust me that. I don't care what he got to do. He's going to play. <laughs> Is that because it's... Opening night because it's Kyrie, or why do you think he's determined to play? Just because he loved the game. Um, it's different when, you know, obviously preseason and regular season, we were talking about it. He's never missed a, since he was eight years old when he started playing, he never missed the first game. So I think I, I'm prepared for him to play. All right, we'll come back to that momentarily. Meanwhile, with Kyrie coming back, the Cavs plan to honor him with an in game video tribute. This is after, of course, Kyrie asked for and received the trade in the offseason. He's coming back as a member of the visited, visiting and challenging Celtics. And he recently said that Boston is a real live sports city, whatever that means. All right, and I'm honored to have the jumps Rachel Nichols jump in on the six with me. Rachel, does it feel a little too soon for the Cavaliers to be honoring Kyrie Irving? It's too soon to be too soon, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, look. If you're the Cavs, don't you just kind of want this storyline over with as quick as possible? If you don't do the video tribute now, then all that lingers on opening night is Kyrie said this about the city of Cleveland. He said that about the city of Cleveland. They didn't give him a video tribute. What happens the next time he comes in there? If they give him the video tribute tonight, then they just sort of, you know, have sort of washed their hands yeah. of this for a while. Oklahoma City, it's interesting to remember, Michael, they don't do these. They say it's their team policy. Mm. They do not do this when a player comes back, which is why we didn't see one for Kevin Durant last season. 
Maybe we'll start seeing more teams adopt that philosophy so they don't deal with what the Cavaliers are dealing with tonight. Yeah, I'm actually okay with it because they can never take away 2016 from the Cavaliers and that fan base. And without Kyrie, we all know they don't have a championship banner hanging at the queue. So maybe this is an organizational decision and let the fans get the booing out of the way later. But let's honor Kyrie, thank him, and frankly, he left us in a pretty good position, got Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, and the Nets pick. So it's not the same as LeBron, homegrown guy, leaving you high and dry. So I can see why the organization would say, let's do the classy thing and let the fans then boo him to the high heavens. Yeah, I mean, the team has said they're not quite sure when in the game they're going to run the video. You got to do it at the beginning, right? You got to do it right off the top. I mean, well, let me ask you a question, though. If you were a fan, right, and you cheer for that team all through, they're winning the championship, and Kyrie hits the shot in game seven, it's amazing. And then he does what he does this summer by asking for a trade, and then the comments you've heard over the last week, what would you do? Would you root for him or would you boo him? I would cheer for the video presentation at the beginning of the game, and then the rest of the game, I would lose my voice booing for him. That's how I would play it. I would thank him because I got a championship thanks to Kyrie. Right, right. But you're not with the enemy. So as, Le- as far as LeBron goes, you know him as well as anybody. How important should it be to him to play in this opening game? I think he wants to play in the opening game. He's never missed an opening game in his entire career. So I think that's part of it more so than this particular opening game versus Kyrie. Gotcha. I-, I think that he knows he has to be smart. Um, he's rolled his ankle so many times over his career. We've seen him in games, right? He rolls that ankle, and you're like, oh, he's going to be out for a while, and then he's not. So I think he thought this injury would be like that, and then he came back in that preseason game, and it wasn't like that. It wasn't so so smooth. Um, I don't think he would push it to the point of it being dangerous tomorrow night, but if it's, you know, half dozen and one in the other, I think he'll play. Yeah, you're spot on. I, I think from afar it's LeBron wanting to play because that's what LeBron does. He plays. He, you know, he, he rests when he's smart. But for the mm-hmm. most part, he likes to just be available, especially for an opening game in front yeah. of his home fans. But the Kyrie yeah. angle, look, Rachel, this isn't loving basketball. He's not playing yeah. Kyrie Irving for his heart. He's not coming back if he beats him and proves something to him. And, they, yeah. and you know what I mean? So they, they got a really good team without Kyrie. I, 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 I agree with Ty Lue that, look, they're better equipped to handle not having LeBron than they have been in past years. They can win this game at home against these new-look Celtics without Kyrie. And the game that matters to LeBron is the last game against Golden State, not the first game against Boston. This matters to Jay Crowder, not, not LeBron. So true. So what's the over-under? Do you think he's going to say Kyrie's name Tuesday night, or does he just say the kid? I'm going with the kid. I'm going All with right. the kid. You, you know LeBron never misses an opportunity to, uh, to, to throw subtle shade. Uh, as far as LaMarcus Aldridge goes, that extension, not a lot of people saw that coming. Uh, we know he had the heart-to-heart with Greg Popovich. Uh, is this one of those, you know, uh, we, this is the best we can do, you might as well love the one you're with type of things? I guess. I mean, it is a little bit of a head-scratcher considering it was this summer that they were exploring trade options for him. But it's possible that they just didn't really get not only any takers, but any even bites. And then they decided, hey, look, he's very talented. There's no arguing that. And if they feel there is hope of working him more into their system, that he maybe in his third year becomes more comfortable there. San Antonio has not historically been a huge free agent destination. If they want Kawhi Leonard to be surrounded by talented players. Some of it is keeping the guys and developing the guys on your roster, and he is one of those talented guys. We haven't seen it work in that way that you would hope it would when he signed yet, but I trust Greg Popovich if he thinks it's going to work. 
It is a little bit unusual, though, to see this after them trying to deal him just in the last couple of months. Yeah, you certainly don't need to divorce him just because you're off to a bit of a rocky start when it comes to this marriage. And it's one of those, like, which side can do better? Are the Spurs, to right. your point, going to do better in free agency? Yeah. And it's the type of situation that a lot of stars want to go to. Aldridge, in a couple of years, if he's not there, will be saying, man, I wish I could go somewhere like San Antonio. So that's probably the best sidekick or compliment you're going to find for Kawhi Leonard. You're not going to find a better host or show than Rachel Nichols in the jump, respectively. You can also see... A preview of her combo yes. with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James a little later in the show. We give you a preview of the preview. A that, preview of the preview, Exactly. Baby. That interview airs during halftime of Monday Night Football. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Mark Teixeira, David Ross. As you guys know, that was the second walk-off postseason home run in Dodgers history. Justin Turner's 13th hit in 18 postseason at-bats in his career. Runners in scoring position happened off of John Lackey, who, if I'm not mistaken, had never in his career – his long career pitched on consecutive days. And yet, Joe Madden turned to Lackey in that spot instead of his closer, Wade Davis. Here was Joe Madden explaining that decision earlier today. Wade was not warming up to come into the game. Wade was just probably testing his arm at that point. Uh, we had talked about it before the game, up and in. Uh, for those that aren't involved in Major League Baseball and professional baseball in general, when a guy's thrown too much, it's very important to not... Um, dry hump him, as the saying goes. Uh, get him up and then put him back down and then bring him back in later. So I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Explain. Jo- I, I just, I, that's, that's Joe's getting real comfortable. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's when you get a reliever up and down a bunch. I think that's kind of... Uh, to, oh, I got what he meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hump, know, we all know what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, I got it's, you. It's a, it's a little... little uh, Definitely a baseball saying, but I don't know that I would have used that. That's on, real on that. inside baseball. That's, <laughs> yeah. the same, right? no, That's but, locker room talk, as we were talking earlier. All right, so maybe that was just directed at me because I took issue with the idea of saving your closer for a save situation that you may not actually see. Yeah. Did you take issue with the well, decision? Well, Ross and I may disagree a little bit on this, but my thing is, is you're down 1-0 in the series. You know that you have a day off tomorrow. Wade, for me, Wade Davis needs to be in that game at some point. You need to be able to bridge him you know, to the 10th inning. And, and you know that Justin Turner's coming up. You know that the heart of the order's coming up. Why not? If you're going to lose the game, lose the game with your best pitcher out there. Exactly. And I think, for me, looking back, the Washington game five screwed everything up. Mm-hmm. Wade went extra innings. There's no defined roles down there in that bullpen. They're really grabbing at straws right now in the bullpen and figuring out who's going to give them some length out of that bullpen because everybody seems to be on short rest. I think this day off definitely is going to help them moving forward. But looking back on it, would you rather have Wade Davis in the game than John Lackey, especially on back-to-back days, and pitching to Justin Turner in the same situation? Of course. Yeah, and just watching that entire sequence play out, you could just tell it wasn't going well because Lackey and and Wilson Contreras just could not get on the same page. And I think think that the the mistake is the walk to Taylor before that sets up that you can't walk, Chris Taylor. I don't care what happens yeah. to pitch to Justin Turner in that situation. Uh, let's not dry hump that situation anymore. <laughs> I use that right? Probably not. Uh, let's just move on to uh, Game 3 to ALCS tonight. So, Astros, of course, also up 2-0. But also, just four runs in the series really speaks to what Keiko and Berland have done, all of which have been scored by Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa. In fact, the rest of the Astros lineup has combined to go just 3-43 for 43 in this series. So, can these two guys continue carrying the Astros line up by themselves? For me, I don't let Correa beat me. Altuve is going to get on no matter what because okay. if, if you walk him, he, he's going to get on and he's going to steal base. If you pitch to him, he's going to get on. For me, don't let Correa beat you. I mean, he is hammering Yankees pitching right now. So I don't mind if, if Altuve gets on because he's going to get on no matter what. 
Just don't pitch to the guy that's beating you right now. I think this speaks to the depth of their team. Mm-hmm. Really, when nobody else is hitting and they're 2-0, nobody else is hitting. That's how deep and good this lineup is. My thing, if I was a catcher, i got to get Jose Altuve out because he can run the bases. He can steal bags. Then I can pitch real carefully to Carlos Correa. But you got to get one of those two dudes out because, that, again, that lineup, you, you've got some thunder behind that that hadn't hit yet, and they're going to get hot at some point. I, I feel like in this series, both of these teams are ready to break out. I don't expect yeah. a two-to-one game right. tonight. I mean, I, I expect there to be some runs scored tonight at Yankee Stadium. All right, well, CeCe Sabathia has been the stopper. Do the Yankees get back in it tonight? I mean, I think they probably win tonight, but okay. I don't predict anymore. Like, what's the point? Well, I, <laughs> trust me. Don't I know? Yeah. I, 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 think I put you on the side. Home field advantage has been big in the playoffs so far, so I, I got the Yankees. Don't worry. We won't hold you to it. <laughs> yeah. We won't hold you any longer. Yeah. We appreciate you guys stopping by. All right. Chuck Pagano and the Colts at Tennessee. Monday Night Football coming up. I believe Marcus Mariota is good to go. So the Colts have won 11 straight against the Titans. That's the longest active win streak by one team against another, Lisa Salter. Hello, Michael. Well, the Colts have dominated this matchup for most of the last decade, winning the last 11 games against the Titans in 16 out of the past 17. Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck have had a lot to do with that. But Indianapolis will, of course, be without Luck tonight as he continues to rehab his way back from shoulder surgery in January. Jacoby Brissett will make his fifth start for the Colts. He's 2-2 two and two since being acquired from the Patriots just a week before the start of the regular season and had the first 300-yard passing game of his short career last week in an overtime win against the 49ers. Now, as for the Titans, it looks like Marcus Mariota will be back tonight for his Monday night football debut after he missed last week's loss to Miami because of a hamstring injury. Though Mariota hasn't done any all-out running this week at practice, he has gotten most of the first team reps the last couple of days, leaving Tennessee hopeful that he will be good to go tonight. Michael. All right, Ryan Clark is back for more reps. Not that you need to practice. You're I do need to practice. Do. I didn't know that Adrian Peterson had that many snaps left in him. I like put it this way. When he when he was with New Orleans, I knew he wasn't getting enough run to kind of get worked up, get into a rhythm. I got you. But I didn't think he had 134 and two touchdowns left in. Was this just the Bucks being bad, or is Peterson, this we're going to see from him the rest of the way? Well, the Bucks are pretty soft against the run. Lewis Riddick and I talk about it very often, that they don't come downhill. Those backers are kind of sideline to sideline. McCoy and Baker in the middle are kind of back backdoor type guys. But when you look at Adrian Peterson, and I watched him run in New Orleans, I said it the first night when he gave Sean Payton the death the stare. Four, yeah. I was like, if you look at him, he still has a burst. Mm-hmm. He still has some explosion. You see he him in the hole some, last night. Yeah, he still has some strength. He hit the yeah. wiggle yeah. on Brent Grimes. And so is this going to be every week? No. Right. But he can do these type of things, and it just makes it so much easier for Carson Palmer, who's a guy it. who needs play-action pass. Got to respect it. And those, he got enough receivers right. to get the ball exactly. to. Exactly. So he might be a factor, more of a factor than we thought in that division. And then what does this mean for David Johnson? Who knows? I mean, does he take his time? Does he not come back and risk the contract? Or does he now incentivize to say, you know what, well, I'm not going to let this go? I don't, think, I don't think this has any bearing on okay. what David Johnson is going to do. He's going to do his best to get healthy. He's sure. going to get his best to be able to play. And if he can help his team, and if his team's in the position to be helped significantly. And what I mean by that is, 
if they have no playoff hopes by the time David Johnson is right. ready to come back, then there will be no rush. But I know if he thinks he can come back and help push okay. this team towards some playoff wins, he's going to play. And, with, one, two punch. and here's, about to say, here's the other thing. If Adrian Peterson is there, you don't have to carry that load right. you carried last year. So that might incentivize him to say, you know what, I can come give you a little bit now right. knowing that I have Adrian Peterson to spell me. All right. A lot of teams had to hold an L. A lot of top teams had to hold an L this weekend. Uh, in the NFL. In fact, uh, our top three teams in ESPN.com's power ranking all lost Sunday. Of course, as we talked about earlier, Ryan, the Packers lost more than just a game yeah. to Minnesota. Uh, who's the best team in the NFL right now? You know, I absolutely have no idea, but we're going to play the guessing game. Let's do it. If I look, you look at the NFC, you have to go with Philadelphia. The way that Carson Wentz has played, the way that this defense has actually come up with some big stops. Who This defense scares me. Right, I was very reluctant because I was like, I don't know if they can stop the deep ball. I don't know if they can keep pe- people from passing the ball right. down the field. And they were able to come up with some big plays against Cam Newton in that secondary. And Carson Wentz has shown week in and week out that he's able yep. to make big throws. And now, I know it's going to be all Pennsylvania Super Bowl if I was picking right now. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in the AFC. So I- when it's quiet, uh-huh. it's not a lot of noise. When, when ben, is that? When Ben, I don't know. I, I, I was hoping it was going to be this week. But listen, uh, Le'Veon Bell had a Twitter war with a former Steeler and now ESPN analyst. Uh, he sent six tweets to him, calling him out, saying he was full media now. So this maybe, today? No, this is last week. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, I was so, a little preoccupied. Yeah, you, you had some things going on, yeah. saying that maybe that galvanized the team. But so at least about Twitter concerns right now. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I already know. But so last week, week before, Antonio Brown wanted the ball. Yeah. They gave him 19 targets. This week, Le'Veon Bell said he needed the ball. He got 32 carries. Right. It doesn't have to be 32 carries, but this team has to start with the run, and they did that. And this defense is a lot better than people have given them credit for in the years past. So I got to get credit. That's great analysis, but that ain't what I asked you. I said it was the best team in the NFL. I didn't say pick the Super Bowl. That's, I mean, that's a nice little Super Bowl pick. And that was, Did you not hear before I started? You See, said you a, didn't know, but that's, that's the best team in the NFL. That's, that's one team. But that's what's Let me show you how this is hey. done. It's Kansas City, okay? Where they're not playing Pittsburgh. <laughs> Everybody but Pittsburgh, they're the best team. It's, so, Kansas, it's Kansas City. So you poo-putt my answer. No, I, all I'm saying then is you give you, me an answer just as wish you watched They lost the game to the inconsistency. That was the most Pittsburgh thing in the world was for them to go in Kansas City and beat a team whose number they seem to have. Yeah. And to do it on a fluky, great play, great concentration, great one-handed catch, but fluky nonetheless play to Antonio Brown. Not taking anything away from him. Well, no, no. Hey, what you got to hey, do about that, right? Hey, Tyree, but, Julian Edelman, Super Bowl We know Pittsburgh it. has the talent, but can they do it consistently is what I don't necessarily trust. And to, the, or to that point about trust, if you are knocking Kansas City off the perch as the top team in the NFL, then you're probably predisposed to doing so because you probably didn't trust them. Here's, here's the thing, I, and, I, and I've said it, though, week by week. I've been consistent with that, that I didn't have a Super Bowl favorite or I didn't have a best team in football. It's not – it was me. I was more like the college poll. You know what? This week, because Kansas City hasn't lost, gotcha. they can be number one. Gotcha. But I didn't know – I didn't think they were the best team because, one, I was waiting for the Alex Smith that couldn't push the ball – down the field that didn't create the big plays, right? I was waiting for the team That's what I'm saying. that, you didn't, have, for to that didn't have the same type of creativity offensively and productivity offensively. I was waiting for Sorensen to finally become Sorensen and not be the Eric Berry that's a little light-skinned. And so for me, <laughs> some of those things happen, and now I'm like, you know, so I was definitely waiting. I was okay. definitely waiting, yeah. and I kind of saw it a little bit. Now next week, 
you could bring me on here and I could be back with Kansas City as my number one team. I will. Uh, I like your Pennsylvania Super Bowl, but I'll go with the Andy Reid reunion. I will say I'm with you on Philadelphia and the NFC, though, for right now. So you did all that to finally agree with me on something? I did. All right. So uh, Colin Kaepernick filed a grievance under the latest collective bargaining agreement against NFL owners for collusion. According to his attorney, now he's not going through the PA, Ryan, as you know, but instead he's hired a high-profile attorney. The filing demands arbitration on the matter. Uh, it says the NFL and his owners, quote, have colluded to deprive Mr. Kaepernick of employment rights in retaliation for Mr. Kaepernick's leadership and advocacy for equality and social justice and is bringing awareness to peculiar institutions uh, still undermining racial equality in the United States, close quote. A lot of conversation today has been about uh, what's the end game here and right. how unlikely it is that he will prove collusion. Well, first and foremost... What's understood need not be spoken. Right. So they don't have to have a paper or electronic trail exactly. for them to effectively conspire to collude to keep exactly. them out of the league. And secondly, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Right. And so, but that's the burden of proof. Mm-hmm. Right. So everything you said is exactly right. But if he is going to win this case, there's going to be, there has to be some tangible evidence that's going to point them towards collusion. I don't know why it took him so long to finally believe. What we already knew. That what we already knew, yeah. what we knew weeks ago, what I have been asked many times on air and off air and said, he is not going to play. When the They're president not, called him out the first time, I said he was done. Right. They're the not going to let him. And so I'm and talking so, about like months ago. Right. The first time. And, I, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm not and I'm definitely agreeing with you. Yeah. And so for me, it's what is Colin Kaepernick trying to prove here and not necessarily trying to prove as in, oh, I want them to show. What does he want to come out of this? Like you said, what is the end game? Is it to try to get the money that would be owed to him. Could be a job. Could be a job. To open up the CBA negotiations. Exactly. Open up CBA negotiations or or, or to to shed a light and improve his position as far as what he's fighting for with social injustice. I don't know what is in game here, but I believe he's right. Mm -hmm. I believe that the owners and the NFL have colluded in order to not let him play. We've been crying collusion in the court of public opinion since day one to your But I also know as the NFLPA, we tried to prove the same thing during the lockout. Right, with the salary cap. Exactly. The burden of proof is extremely difficult to prove in these times. See, I don't know if he even needs an endgame. I don't know if he needs like a a stated goal for this to be a a victory. To me, the victory is is just in not going quietly, not letting the league get away with blackballing you and ending your career, whereas where you can't look at the quarterbacks, the caliber quarterbacks or lack thereof in the NFL right now and not come to some conclusion that a guy at that age with that level of productivity, how many quarterback, how many quarterback whispers in the NFL would have just signed him as a reclamation project? No, no, no. Absolutely. So the NFL has already proved through its body of work over years and years of how it does business that they colluded to keep him out. No, I I totally agree. And he can go in there and he can make that case and you can make all this, show all this circumstantial evidence, which it will be when he says, because we know. They're going to say, right. RG3 is not playing. Right. They're going to say, look at all the people who are kneeling, exactly. who are in the league right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. So we know what's going on. The burden of proof is going to be so high, and it's so high in our court system yeah. that I think it'll be difficult to prove. I agree with you in this. I've heard so many players, and I've talked to so many different guys when I'm asking, are you supporting Colin Kaepernick? And this is way before the season started. This is when I was just asking about him getting a job, yeah. getting an opportunity. And so many guys said, I just want to hear him. I want to they said, do you agree with that? John Wooten said the same thing recently. Do, do you agree with that? Do, I, no, listen, I don't. You shouldn't have to beg for no, a job. No, no, no. Not beg for a job in the sense of supporting. Whether, he, whether him saying he wanted a job or not was a situation, you saying he didn't go quietly speaks volumes to me. Because for so many people, 
They just wanted to hear him again. For people that supported him already, that wasn't saying, I need to hear him in order to support him, okay. was just saying, okay, in this situation, you have taken the lead. We have followed. We want you to continue fighting. And this is him continuing to fight in a way that nobody this ever fight, expected. This is him fighting for his career or at minimum fighting back. Exactly. Supposedly the Titan situation was the last straw. I guess I just reject this idea that he's got to come out and explain his position, which he did from Jump Street. Or if you want, there's a thing called Google or the library if you want right. to be educated on but his I think, position. I, I think but in terms of whether he wants to play or not. That's what, I, but that's but what it, guys were talking about. It, guys weren't talking about his stance, Mike. Guys were talking about him wanting to play. But why does he have to come out and do an interview when in a league that's historically like, no, like stay away from the media? Why does to come out and do an interview and say he wants to play when the league, if you're really about winning, should be interested. The thing that alarms me more than anything is a lack of interest. Not that he didn't have a gig, right. but how few teams actually no, have reached out absolutely. to gauge that interest. Well, that's if because, you want to know if he wants to play, you got his number. No, that's because the decision was made that whether he wanted to play Precisely. or not, he wasn't playing. But what I'm saying from his standpoint, from the views, from the views of the players, yeah. they wanted to hear from him and not beg for a job, not say, you. hey, I want to play. All we were getting was the news of the detractors. Right. That's all we were hearing. Oh, well, he wants to he wants this or he wants, he wants to be a starter. Want he doesn't want to be yeah. a backup here. Yeah. Right. And that's all we're hearing. And so, guys, that's all the information you were getting. Unless you had his phone number and you say, hey, man, just tell me what's going on. Right. All you're hearing is the news they're putting out. Gotcha. So I think guys yeah. just wanted to know, hey, what is the real deal here? You got the last word because I've been getting a rap signal for a while. I'm so that. sorry. I'm glad y'all was giving it to him and not me. <laughs> all right. Hey, man, I know you don't think kickers are real football players. And they're not. Okay, but this is Brett Samaglia. Hope I pronounce his name right, because I don't want him coming at me like he went against South Carolina's defensive end. I tell you what, though, he should thank his holder. He saved his life. You cannot predict what is happening. To me, it feels like college football about to get a little kooky. And the celebration is on in Baton Rouge. We knew chaos was coming. Finally, we got it. The Devils. Set number five, Washington. Bowers trying to run it for the score. Airborne touchdown! That was a big dagger to the entire Pac-12. Wide open. This is Urban Phillips, and nobody's going to catch him. The upset, home by the Orange. I think Clemson is still one of the better teams in the country. This is two consecutive weekends we've gone in saying this is a terrible slate. And we are now in historic numbers in terms of upsets. All right, Booger McFarlane. So this weekend we saw four AP top ten teams as well as five unbeaten teams go down. And all seven ranked teams lost to unranked opponents, starting with Syracuse knocking off Clemson. So take it or leave it, Booger. Clemson lost to Syracuse. That had the biggest impact on the college football playoff moving forward. Wow, I'm going to leave that. And okay. Clemson losing is big. They lost without Kelly Bryant, though, and I think the committee will look at that favorably. Plus, they got a pretty good schedule going forward. They still have a lot of room that they can improve and get to the college football playoff. For me, the biggest thing that happened was Washington. Because Washington loses makes it very, very tough for the Pac-12 to get right. into the college football playoff. And Washington State. Exactly. Washington's non-conference schedule is hot garbage. So them losing. Not just garbage. Oh, it's, it's hot garbage. So even if they were to go on and win the Pac-12 championship, it's still going to be tough, in my opinion, for them to get into the playoff. I'm going to take it even though I know one loss is not the end of your playoff hopes. And, hope, and, and Clemson, certainly, they plan it cautiously, they say, with Kelly Bryant. Yes. But they can run the table and right. get back in it. I just know how hard up you were for a rematch. 
this time last week, a couple weeks ago when I told you. And who's to say we're not going to get it? Okay. It's still early. Uh, I don't, it's it is, still it is, early. It is. They got some, they got some competition. Yeah, exactly. Season. Also, Washington lost two starters, their left tackle uh, and their cornerback. Yeah. So, Penn State up to number two uh, in the rankings. But the next three against ranked opponents, home versus Michigan at Ohio State and then against Michigan State. Take it or leave it. Penn State will make it through those three unscathed. I'm going to leave that. I you better I, leave that. I mean, that is a tough stretch to go through. Penn State's a very, very good football team. I love what they do. I think Slaycon Barkley is the best football player. Take away running back. I think he's the best football player in the country. With what he can do for his football team, you add that with their defense, with Cabinda, Allen, Trace McSorley. I like what they do. But when you got to play Michigan, then you got to back that up with Ohio State and then finish off with Mark D'Antonio and Michigan State. A tough stretch. That, that is a tough road to hoe, as my grandmother would say. That's a tough stretch. You know what? What? I'm actually going to take this. Yeah. I, I believe in Penn State. I really do. I don't believe in Michigan. Okay. For obvious reasons. I like the defense, but I don't believe in Michigan. And then there's Ohio State, which has gotten on the roll lately, but has not exactly played the, a murderous yeah, role. Yeah, but, but they play some very, some garbage competition. That's what right? I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. So then it's like, do they have something left for Michigan State? Yes. I think so. I think they do come through this. Okay. I believe in Penn State. Right. Speaking of Saquon, Barkley, no longer the Heisman favorite, according to Bavada. That would be Bryce Love after his 147-yard two-touchdown performance over Oregon. Now, you mentioned that Penn State, I mentioned that Penn State plays Michigan Saturday, so take it or leave it. This time next week, Barkley will be the Heisman favorite once again. Take it, because I, I think Saquon Barkley is not just a running back. I yeah. think he's the best player in America. They'll figure out a way to get him to football. Michigan's defense is outstanding, but I think in the end, they will come up with some plays to get him some touches as a running back outside the, of, of run the running back, back position. He can run a kickback. Yeah. He could be in position to make plays not just from the running back position. He's special, Mike. I'm yeah. just keeping no, like, no, no question. He no question. is very, very special. No question. I am actually uh, going to lead this, not because of anything – that I don't like about Saquon Barkley, but I, I do think Michigan's defense makes it tough. And Ohio State and Stanford may have the most favorable opponents of all, which is right. high. <laughs> I, I, I get that. Yeah, so, and in the right. way that the way that JT Barrett is playing lately, and the hype that's starting to surround him again, right. I think he ends up probably moving up past Barkley. Yeah, but, a tough but game JT Barrett is doing that against so I hear you, but those numbers okay. are so eye-opening, and you know that Ohio State love fest people yeah. have. I can see him actually. Barkley's got three weeks in a row. If yeah. he shows out in two of those three weeks, yeah. you can go ahead and wrap that thing up and mail it to him. Way to show out right here. Tonight, tune in to Halftime Monday Night Football for Rachel Nichols' conversation with LeBron and D-Wade, which will air in its entirety after the game on SportsCenter with Scott Manpel. Here's a sneak preview. Who is the cheapest guy in the NBA? Who is it? And Dwayne Wade says, LeBron James. <laughs> Who is it? True or false? That is so... So, so, so falsely true. <laughs> that is so falsely true. That is so falsely true. <laughs> ain't using his phone if it ain't my phone. No. It's like, I'm not what? doing that. I'm not turning on data roll, man. I'm not, I'm not buying no apps. I still got Pandora with commercials. So I'll be listening to some great music at home and then a commercial. Hey, you want to win three tickets to come to the Cavs game? Meet LeBron, Dwayne, Kevin Love right now. And it just happened. I'm not. I'm you not. know you're rich, right? I'm not paying for it. I'm not paying. All right. LeBron is or is not jealous of your hair? Oh, he's definitely jealous of my hair. Do you see these curls? He's, he's definitely jealous. Look at that. I understand how he's so. I don't understand how you're so old with all that hair. And that's why I do all my interviews like this. Like that, looking mm -hmm. up. Man, that commercial free Pandora will change your life, LeBron. You're doing too much right now. The Browns, they typically just...
tend to do too much when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. As I pointed out before, forget the guys that have played for them. Think about the guys that they've passed on. The latest being Deshaun Watson, three more touchdowns. Not as back and forth with Hugh Jackson about whether or not he texted Deshaun on draft day to stay ready. Well, the Browns weren't ready to pick him. Now, are they ready to go back to Deshaun Kaiser after Hogan looked terrible? It's just, golly. Cavs are playing right now. Uh, anyway. Lions-Saints game. That just did too much in general with 90 points, seven non-offensive touchdowns, four of them by the Saints, 52-38. to I mean, people's nerves had to be bad after that game. It might be time to start taking the Saints seriously. Over 500 for the first time since, I believe, 2013. Drew Brees doesn't have to do it all. Golden Tate will be out for a little while, but he did get the people's elbow off before he did. Nice job on that, but he's hurt. Good thing they got a five. Falcons, this hurt. So they blew a 17-point halftime lead. Dolphins scored 20 unanswered. I believe they tied it at 17 at 327 and 34 seconds, which if you round it off, that's 328. 328. They also didn't run the ball in the second half again. 30% of their snaps, seven rushes total, ran for 18 second half yards. When will you learn? So there was a report that Martavis Bryant wanted to be traded from Pittsburgh. His girlfriend, or supposed to be his girlfriend, Confirmed it, then deleted the tweet, but there's no such thing as deleting tweets in 2017. Martavis, though, he went out and put out, you know, the well-crafted thing you're supposed to say tweet. Big win today tomorrow, right back to work. Happy to be a Steeler. Can't wait to reach number seven this year. Said the same thing today in the locker room. The players had some fun with it. One on yell, Golden State. So, all funny games when you win. This was awful. I don't care what Al Riveron says, that was terrible. That's a touchdown. We all know it. It only makes it worse when you double down and say that it was clear and obvious. It wasn't clear and obvious to your predecessor or anybody that's watched football for decades. Jets got robbed. Maybe the Patriots beat them anyway, but still, Jets got robbed. All right, uh, this is in from Josina Anderson. The NFL has made the next move in the Ezekiel Elliott case, filing a request for a TRO that will put his six-game suspension on hold once again. That request will be argued Tuesday in U.S. District Court in New York, according to a source. For the six, more Sports Center is next. We'll see you all tomorrow.